this is Driven by Data, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Driven by Data, the podcast, season two, powered by Orbition Group and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. We're delighted to bring you another season of Driven by Data, the podcast, which boasts even more data analytics and AI thought leaders from across the globe. Our aim remains the same to uncover how some of the most prominent leaders within the data analytics community tackle our industry's most trending topics, told in order to share knowledge, ideas, and experience. And just as in season one, to give back to the global data and analytics community. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast, season two. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Robin Sutara, who is the Chief Data Officer for Microsoft UK. So, Robin, thank you very much for being here. Kyle, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be joining you today. No, no, the, the pleasure is uh, is all ours, and I'm really looking forward to this. So um, where we always start, Robin, is by asking our guests to give themselves a, a brief, um, I guess, introduction into their background and journey up until this point, if uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I have a rather non-traditional, I guess, background. Uh, I did actually start uh, my my studies in computer engineering, so fully thought I was going to be uh, a technical engineer and build AI and, and do all sorts of crazy, exciting things. Uh, life got in the way a little bit, so I ended up <laughs> taking a little bit of a hiatus and joined um, the U.S. Army where I spent oh. several years uh, repairing the electrical and weapon systems on the Apache helicopter. Uh, I found as I was getting out of the service, there was very little demand for that in the commercial enterprise <laughs> space. Uh, very few people had Apache helicopters in their backyards that they needed Hellfire missiles repaired on. So um, got into technology, started doing uh, hardware repair, and, and, and have been very fortunate to spend the last uh, tw 22 years with Microsoft. Um, I've done various roles here, everything from technical support of Internet Explorer 5 on Windows 3.1, all the way up to uh, sales strategy, business operations. Uh, most recently, before relocating into this role, I spent uh, the last two and a half years uh, as the chief operations officer for the Azure Data Engineering Organization, which was a phenomenal experience. And now I am the chief data officer for Microsoft UK. Uh, I've been in this role for 13 months now, so located in the heart of London and, and just having an amazing opportunity to work with customers every day uh, as they go through their data transformations and data journeys. Nice, nice. Yeah, thank you for that. Very, uh, very interesting background. I think you're the only uh, guest we've had on that um, repaired missiles for a living before they got into data. So <laughs> the, a first for everything, I guess. But um, yeah. yeah, no, thanks for the thanks for the background there. So I guess this is normally where I ask the guests to tell um, tell us a little bit about who their business is. But um, I guess um, there are probably not too many people that don't <laughs> that don't know Microsoft, right? So uh, I thought we'd angle the question a little bit differently if you're able to answer and kind of try and get a steer on what Microsoft uh, UK under your remit are kind of, you know, doing at the moment. 
Yeah, I, I think there's there's a couple of approaches. One is, uh, you know, I'd love to share maybe a little bit of what Microsoft is doing in the data space, uh, which is really more around products and services. Obviously, we're a technology company. Uh, we don't design platforms and tools to help organizations manage and actually derive value out of their data, um, right? And so uh, it's really an amazing time if I look at the data platform coming from the engineering team into the um, into one of the subsidiaries here in the UK and really seeing what customers are doing with the technology is just uh, phenomenal. I, I'm always amazed to look at the solutions that uh, the brain power of the ecosystem can sort of develop uh, when you think about pulling data together and solving some of the biggest problems, particularly out of the pandemic, um, the UK having Brexit, like there's lots of lots of change going on across the environment. Everybody's using data to go through that those transformations. Um, so when I look at the vision for the Microsoft technology, platform around data. Um, it really focuses around simplicity, right? So a couple of years ago, we made the announcement around Azure Synapse Analytics, uh, which was really sort of a single pane of glass, a single workspace to tie all of your data silos together and have a single way to think about insights uh, all the way from ingestion to visualization, um, running AI and machine learning all within that one workspace. So again, how do we simplify? How do we create more low code or no code experiences where you could just drag and drop, um, which addresses some of the skilling gap, I think, that we might talk about later. But uh, yep. um, the other thing is a little more than a year ago, we also took a similar approach to data governance. So if you think about the announcement that Satya made uh, December of 2020, um, it really was focused on how do we now help organizations really think about, um, you know, the cataloging, classification, master data management, data quality, all of the things that when you think about how do I know what data I have in my environment, who's accessing it, where did it come from, how do I comply with GDPR, et cetera. Uh, again, it's simplification. Can we create one platform that allows you to do that across all your data sources, Microsoft and non-Microsoft? And I think we'll continue to see that type of innovation coming out of the product group. How do we continue to, to help organizations simplify? Because we know you're not going to have homogeneous environments, right? Not everybody's going to run all of the same technology or all of the same technical provider. Um, so, how, so how do we think about that? If I translate that to my role here in the UK, uh, it, we're also on a transformation journey, right? I don't think anybody isn't aware of sort of the journey that we've been on as an organization. Uh, Satya coming into role as the new CEO, um, I think it's been almost a decade now, but it's been just an interesting, you know, sort of transformation that we've gone undergone as an organization, really, uh, you know, thriving on, can we learn from data? Can we become a data-driven organization? Um, can we continue to iterate and make the experiences and the services and products that we provide our customers better every day? Um, and, and can we really empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more? I don't think I've ever seen an organization um, uh, you know, that really lives that value and that motto, like Microsoft really has just gotten behind that uh, and making sure that everything we do sort of drives toward that objective. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes uh, that makes perfect sense then. So I guess just for the benefit of the listener, obviously your role is UK-based. Are you just looking after the UK data business for Microsoft or is it slightly wider than than that? 
It, it is really looking after the UK yep. data business. I do continue to have those connections into corporate. So a lot of what we learn with across the UK, uh, because we are probably one of the more developed markets in the data space, to be honest with you, uh, it's an amazing to sort of be the leading edge and give that feedback to corporate and to the product group, to our marketing teams, to all of the groups in, internal to the organization. So while I do focus on, on UK, um, the UK customers and partners that I work with every day. Uh, I, I do try to also give that feedback to Corp. And the other thing I sort of focus on is how do I make the UK subsidiary more data-driven? I think at some point, um, my teammates are going to kill me if I keep asking, well, where's the data for that? Are we <laughs> are we actually you know, changing our processes? Are we really driving a data-driven culture internal to our own organization? Um, and so uh, that the, uh, that's the other facet and aspect of my role. Yeah, no, nice. That was going to be my next question. Is it, you know, just customer facing or is it is it both? So that makes um that makes sense. So you, you talked earlier, or you mentioned earlier around, you know, the 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 talent challenges, right? Which is obviously the the space that I live and breathe in every day. So um yeah, you get uh, get all the kind of sympathy and empathy from from me on this topic. But um how how do we how do we get more talent into this ecosystem right because i guess to just to frame the question robin and as when you and i spoke offline you know what you've got is nearly every organization on the planet now trying to hire more people in this space because more people are going on that data analytics journey um they all want to hire people that can you know in quotation marks hit the ground running because often these people who are leading these organized data organizations don't necessarily have the time to bring in people without the skills and wait for them to upskill and develop and train and all of that type of stuff which means you know the candidate pool at that mid to senior level is really small right and that's just a problem in general there is a skills gap there's no getting around that in our industry so how do we in your opinion because i know that's something you're really passionate about how do we kind of start to move the needle on getting more people into our ecosystem yeah, I th- I think everybody in data today has a responsibility to sort of lean in to help us meet these demands of tomorrow. It- it's always interesting to me to talk to uh, people that are not currently in the data space and just sort of the perceptions they have of data roles, like, oh my gosh, I would never spend all day in an Excel spreadsheet. And I was like, you know, neither would I. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> not, that's not what a data job is anymore. And so uh, I think I, I have been very fortunate to, to have the experience of, of having technical roles as well as non-technical roles. And I think, um, you know, convincing those that come from other uh, other other backgrounds and other sort of capabilities and bringing them into the data ecosystem and just sort of the value that they bring by having that that business knowledge, that operations knowledge, that process knowledge, uh, because technology is only part of it. And I think as technology evolves, um, you know, Microsoft is making big big investments around. Again, as I referred to, sort of that low-code, no-code. Everybody's worked in GUI interface for a long, long time now. So it's not like it's a novel concept to drag and drop. And so when we think about being able to create things like data pipelines all the way from ingestion to visualization and and just a GUI interface, like that opens up 
whole world of possibilities of incremental talent that we can bring in. Now it's convincing those people <laughs> to actually uh, sort of throw their name into that, you know, name into the ring. I, I hope that's a UK saying, maybe it's an yeah. American saying, but um, right, because today they're not even applying because they just don't, they read data and they just don't think. So I think the onus is on everybody across the data ecosystem to really start talking about the amazing things that we can accomplish with the data and we can teach the technology. How do we really bring in those those sort of perceptions to change the view on, on what we can solve together? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I absolutely agree. I kind of harp on about this a, a lot on this podcast, in events we do, in the public speaking that I do on platforms like LinkedIn, right? I think a lot of this stems from the fact that we're still under this misconception that data is technology in a lot of companies that is how it is viewed and therefore you get people that are you know come from a business background or an operations background or whatever type of background that is non-technology related and they look at that and go well i can't do that because i can't code you know i can't can't code in sql or i don't know python or you know i can't build machine learning models as if that's the only job that exists and yeah you know i speak about that a lot but as we know right often these initiatives with data are big kind of change and transformation programs, right? You know, that's the bit that's kind of allowing us to be successful with data, not necessarily purely focused on what are we building technology-wise. So I think that message sometimes for me gets uh, kind of misconstrued because obviously the technology is the vehicle that allows us to do all of this amazing stuff, right? So I'm not, I'm never saying it's not important, but there's more to it than that. And when we are, you know, in a, talent short market where you know we need to be thinking how else can we get other people into into the industry which leads us into quite nicely the diversity piece so i know you're very big on this you're working with the the women in data um crowd right how does this help how does this kind of you know kind of opening our horizons to where we get talent from help with diversity in your opinion yeah, I, I think exactly like you said, how do we think about building out teams, you know, that that have those different backgrounds? And I think it's beyond business and operations. It's interesting to me how many times I read a role and it says, you know, 10 plus years of Python experience. I'm thinking, <laughs> gosh, I don't even have that, right? Like, I, why would I expect to hire somebody with that capability? And so I think, uh, you know, us making sure that we're, we're being broad enough in our job descriptions or even open enough to consider candidates that come from social sciences, from uh, linguistics, like there's just all sorts of capabilities of the power we can unlock with data if we have non-technical sort of uh, um, attributes on the team. And I think that definitely opens up uh, the more diverse candidates because a a lot of them will come from sort of different backgrounds. And so the broader we can be, I think, in our solicitation of new talent onto our teams, um, the more we open up for diverse talent to actually um, consider themselves for, for applying. The other thing is I would encourage all the candidates to apply. I can't tell you how many times I have been told in my career like that I have talked 
myself out of a job thinking that I didn't have one attribute or one skill when I clearly had strength among the, the you know, the rest, <laughs> the rest of the requirements. And so uh, sometimes I think diverse candidates uh, can often be their own worst critic. And so I would absolutely encourage if you're interested in it, if it sounds like it could be um, something that, you know, that would really expand your horizons or open up a new capability, um, don't talk yourself out of applying just because you feel like you don't have that R, that R background or that Python coding skilling or the, um, right? I, I think there's there's lots of opportunities to bring the, um, you know, the unique viewpoint that you have and, and play on those strengths. Um, I, I often think they're the best candidates to bring into the team. Yeah, absolutely. Because it also gives a fresh perspective, right? You absolutely. know, I guess we we always have if people come from the same type of background and profile and technical in nature, they will think about things in the very similar type of way. So yeah, I mean it's really interesting what you said, because I'm involved in a university program slash initiative which is funded by the UK government, which um, basically allows students who are in social sciences who are taking like an additional program, if you want to call it that, where they do kind of heavy quantitative analysis within the social sciences faculty. So it could be sociology or criminology or psychology. These students have the the fundamental skills of analyzing data and using certain tools. Um, Yet I've gone in there with a few kind of reasons in mind, but first of all, to raise the profile of data to that type of audience, right? Now it's worth mentioning that you know, I stood in that lecture hall. There was close to 100 people there. I reckon 70% of them were female. Yeah, I reckon most of them were of a minority group of some of some kind. Um, yet the interesting thing was very few of them, I'd probably say 90% of them, didn't even know there was a career in data. And I think that's where we as a collective, uh, as an industry, need to do better. You know, you're talking about you know, you could take the skills that you've got and put it into, you know, I don't know, some of the fashion brands that you love, for example, they have teams of people that hire people like you. And these students were just, you know, in awe that this was a thing. So first of all, we need to do better at that. The second part of why I'm involved is to help give them access to my network so they get free work placement opportunities. Um, And I'll be honest, it's quite often disappointing because trying to get organizations to take those students in and give them a chance is sometimes like pulling teeth um, and probably for the very reasons that we've spoke about right you know we need to hit the ground running it's time it's money that we don't necessarily have all of that type of stuff um, which probably plays into why organizations struggle to hire a diverse workforce right what, what's your take on that well why, why do you think we're in this kind of predicament that we're in from a you know diversity and inclusion perspective yeah, I think exactly for those reasons that you just talked about, right? Like, I, I think it is organizations are thinking, I have to solve my data challenges and problems today, which means I need somebody with all of this experience that comes in. I, I think for me, <clears throat> though, it really comes down to can you build the diverse team isn't just about uh, gender or, or race or, or um, you know, ethnic background, et cetera. It's also about skills and attributes. So when I look at my team, I want to make sure that I have some tenured senior talent, but I also want to make sure that I'm bringing new, fresh perspectives um, from those college hires, from those, um, you know, change of sort of 
occupation. Like they all bring a unique perspective into the team. And so when I look at my organizations, I try to make sure I have a balance of both um, because one, it's going to bring up that talent from tomorrow. And two, it is going to open to their networks who may have never considered that. Um, I, and again, I, I think I'll go back to the point, just like you said, that, that, that there is sometimes this perception of data jobs are boring. I don't want I can't do anything with data. I haven't even thought about it. But being able to apply it to, you know, just sort of rational thinking and problem solving. And there's all sorts of skills that I think that people apply every day that can be applied within the field. And so how do we just get more exposure? And, and again, the onus falls on us, I think, as, as data professionals, as, as current data technology um, and organizations, how do we make sure that we're all articulating that message to, to really sort of expand? Yeah, yeah. And I think we, we've seen, it's, it's, it always fascinates me because we, we kind of continue to go on this journey of we're obsessed with trying to find people, as you said, with 10 years Python experience and, you know, some of the data leadership job descriptions that you see are just, um, you know, literally make me laugh out loud sometimes when I, when I read them. Right. And when I'm standing in front of those audiences, and as you say, their question is, well, but every job description I look at says I need to be able to code in SQL and I can't, and that immediately puts them off and kind of, I've tried to kind of tell them about, well, look, if you think about what the industry's done, you know, we're in this position for a reason, you know, the data translator title came about because we had a load of technical people that struggled to interact with the business. Like that's yeah. that's the, the hard and the hard and fast of it. Um, and now you're talking about, you know, we talk constantly about storytelling and, you know, data journalist is the the new one, I think, right? You know, so it's it's really interesting that we evidently need all of this stuff, yet for some reason, when we're building data organizations within an organization, the the the, the kind of onus is always on getting technical skills which is really fascinating how do you think robin that we and i hate to use the word but kind of sell ourselves to these other groups of people that probably looking at data and thinking either a i can't do that or b isn't that boring type of thing how do, how do we position that do you think yeah, so I think I think it's both sides that we sort of need to sell it to, right? Like the people that are posting the roles. Let, let, let's get real about, you know, what do you really need? You need, uh, you know, somebody in your organization that's going to help you transform your organization. So you need that translation layer. Um, you have a translation layer in technology. Now you need to be able to actually translate technology to the business. Um, it's not like a field of dreams where you build the platform and they'll come, right? Like you have to figure out how to get your business users to think about um, bringing people and culture and process along on the journey. And you're only going to do that by bringing in talent into your organization that can help you with that translation layer. Um, so I think it's from the top down. I can't tell you how many times I get pinged, uh, say, asking if I have CDOs in my uh, network that are looking for new jobs. It's at every level, I think, across data. People just essentially hear data and think, oh my gosh, I need to bring in one unicorn that's going to solve every aspect of my data um, transformation journey. And so I would say have heart if you're if you're looking for a, a job or you're looking for a, a role, um, let's continue, uh, you know, across the ecosystem to continue, you know, uh, explore the opportunities just like you're doing across these university groups. I think uh, all of us have a responsibility to do those things. Let's talk about uh, at every career fair, at every high school, at every collegiate level, at every uh, sort of uh, you know, wine tasting where people are there and out of work as a result of the pandemic because hospitality isn't doing as well as they expected. Like the, the 
opportunity is there for us to really talk, um, uh, you know, about our business and about our space and about data in a way that encourages this talent to think about the unique perspective that they bring. And that is all, I think we're going to have to solve it from both, but from both sides of the coin. Mm, Yeah, absolutely agree. I guess there's almost an element of innovation, right? Within our processes of of how we attract talent that probably needs to happen, which I guess leads quite nicely into the innovation piece around, you know, every organization is trying to do more, be more innovative, kind of, you know, change perceptions, et cetera, with data and analytics. But for, I think most businesses have obviously struggled for, many reasons but you know to kind of pinpoint tangible often commercial results right that, that seems to be a kind of a, an issue within the industry why do you think that is you know I guess based on your experience of the kind of customers that, that you work with yeah so so I think for for some organizations similar to the job descriptions I think the remit is just too broad right like they're they're trying to solve all things for all parts of their business and they there's almost this stagnation until they've created that that one um, albeit solution for every piece of the organization and so there's no progress until that's created uh, the problem is you learn you lose the capability to make progress <laughs> if you're not iterating on it I think um, one of the amazing things in my experience at Microsoft is we're definitely encouraged to iterate to fail fast to apply agile methodologies across business processes uh, and how do we do that in a way that allows us to constantly improve and learn from uh, where where we don't so I think I, I would encourage every organization when you're thinking about how do you actually use uh, you know data and analytics to transform your business start small find one piece of your business one business problem uh, one business organization that you can really uh, is willing to go through the transformation and tackle that first and I think the other piece that comes down is you know the culture as we talked about you can build the platform but if it's not being used then you're not really transforming anything and so um, when you think about things like data quality uh, which requires the data owners to actually have some culpability to put good data into the system they have to get value out of the system system in order to want to put good data in there. And so it's almost this cyclic, um, this cyclic sort of culture uh, 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 transformation that you have to go through as well. So it's, it's not just about the technology. Make sure that you're taking um, the organization along on that, that journey with you. Otherwise, your data lake ends up being a data swamp and no one uses it, right? And so uh, I, I think focusing on those couple of attributes. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, that's obviously been evident right over the last few years in particular where lots of businesses have spent lots of money implementing lots of large-scale technology programs that um, you know have have cost millions of pounds and then you know they're kind of kicking themselves when they can't get and no one's buying buying into it right there's no adoption so they're kind of like and then yeah they, they kind of trace their tails back to we probably should have tackled this cultural piece right at the start to bring those people on that journey with us because I think uh, you know and what I've seen over the years and keen to get your take on this but I I think and I've said this hundreds of times on this podcast but I honestly think there's been a obligation a bit of a peer pressure within the industry for people to be seen to be on that data analytics journey to becoming data driven because it was kind of like if we're not talking about 
AI and machine learning? You know, are we losing ground to our competitors? Does that mean we're, you know, we're uncool now? You know, so a lot of P businesses were just like, well, okay, where do we start? Let's go and build a data lake, right? And then we'll figure out where we go from there. And obviously, yeah. you know, we've kind of fell into into that trap. I don't know if that's something you agree with or not. Uh, I, I think some organizations definitely took that approach. I, I, I do think there there are some who have done phenomenally well at it, right? Who really did think about, um, right, sort of sort of that small tackle and and how do you think beyond the technology? Really, the most successful organizations started with the people uh, along on that journey and really building out things like centers of excellence, champions within the organization, uh, you know, so it was a, a top-down approach, but it was also sort of grassroots and the fact that you had um, business groups within the organization who were your biggest proponents and who were willing to sort of go on that transformational journey with you. And I think continuing to drive that across your organization and encouraging, um, uh, building those champions who sort of grasp the value of the insight they bring around that business translation and the time that you can free up by, um, you know, creating the technology that allows them to be more efficient at sort of the menial parts of their current role. Um, but it is interesting how many organizations want to jump right to AI and process automation versus uh, <laughs> most organizations I, in practicality are actually starting more with reporting, visualization. How do we get, how do we truly get insight uh, right out, out of our data? Uh, and, and so I think making sure you have a balance of both as much as people love to talk about, um, you know, reducing our carbon footprint through process automation of our manufacturing processes, you really need to start with uh, you know, thinking about do you have good insight on which plant is using which sort of consumption? And so, yeah. uh, you know, making sure that your goals and objectives are, are a balance of both and um, that, that that part of your business become your biggest proponents and champions uh, definitely then opens up a whole world of, of uh, transformation capabilities for you. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a that's a great example, and I think that's why we've seen this, you know, resurgence of kind of around data governance and data management. Right, you know, a lot of businesses went focusing on the the sexy stuff in quotation marks, and then realised that we probably don't have you know the infrastructure to support these types of projects just yet. And uh, two years later, they wind back up at the start almost. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. So I guess obviously the Microsoft data kind of component to, to what you do, Robin, obviously you're talking about kind of trying to simplify every part of the, the puzzle effectively. How, how do we go about simplifying each component then? Or, you know, because you've talked about technology, we've talked about people, you started to touch upon process there. How do we go about simplifying all of that to kind of make this as easy and seamless as possible if you can use those words because we know it's certainly not but uh you know yeah i yeah i think it, it people would shoot us if we said that data was easy right <laughs> i i think um we, we will definitely see technology become simpler, right? Even across heterogeneous environments, I do think we'll start to see technology solve things like data movement, like master data management, data quality, all of sort of those governance aspects. Um, I do think we will continue to, to uh, struggle as an ecosystem on the people and process part of it. Like, uh, I, I think getting people to change the way that they have done a 
task or a function or a piece of their role is is an evolution. It's not something that's going to change overnight. And so how do you, again, I, I think focusing on building out those champions, those centers of excellence, and really um, taking your organization along on the journey ultimately will create a simplification later. I think, um, uh, you know, I've worked with multiple organizations who have created things like AI academies or data academies with internal to their organization. Uh, and so I'm starting to see more more and more organizations really focus on training and 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 sort of education across their across their organizations because the culture part is the hardest part. It is the piece uh, I, I think that we need to focus on over these um, next several years is how do you leverage the simplification of the technology into the simplification of the people in process. And, and so I think this continuing loop that we have around educating our, our organizations and our systems um, will definitely see some some benefits to doing that but like you said i don't think it will ever be completely seamless or, or simple in any in any manner um, just like any transformation that you go through uh, how do we take people on the journey and continue to iterate yeah yeah no that makes uh that makes um perfect sense i guess the the kind of data academy has been an interesting one right because that obviously started out several years ago really uh, what was designed, in my opinion, by many organizations to hire more junior people and be able to train them and develop them, you know, at, at scale. Whereas um, what we've seen over the last few years is actually, you know, it's become for business people and data owners and the people right. using the data to kind of make them more data literate, if we want to call it that, right, to kind of help with that cultural piece and the adoption and the buy-in and all of that type of stuff, which is, uh, is really uh, interesting. I guess, thinking out loud here, Robin, for a second, but the the kind of simplification of the technology piece, obviously, you know, what Microsoft have made big strides in, is that, that what's been the purpose of that? I know it's to obviously simplify the whole ecosystem in a, in a sense, but is that to help with the people and, and process part or is there something else to, to that? Is it just to make it easier in general? Uh, I think I think it's some of both, but it's definitely to address, like we referred to earlier, the, the technology gap, right? There's just not enough skilled technical resources across the ecosystem. I, I think, um, uh, right, my counterparts in other parts of the organization are different products. It would also say they have similar in infrastructure or DevOps or any of those aspects. Yeah. Um, so while we spoke about data, I think holistically, we see uh, across technology roles and functions, just not enough people. And so how do we think about technology opening up the avenues across all of the... Um, so if you're listening to the podcast, I would love to have you apply for a data role. But uh, if you have a passion in technology, I think... Um, uh, or even an interest in technology. I, I think the opportunities are, are just amazing for you to enter into the ecosystem and really find a, a space where your unique talents and attributes and backgrounds could bring a whole new perspective uh, into the ecosystem and just make it, uh, you know, better. As particularly when we think about, um, you know, how do how do we leverage technology to improve society, to improve sort of customer engagements, to improve operational processes. The opportunity is just limitless yeah yeah absolutely agree obviously you talked about the kind of societal challenges that data can you know help solve or kind of get us closer to to solving some of those big challenges and obviously the term data for good is now used um, quite frequently um 
how do we go about doing that? Is that something that kind of you and Microsoft are actively involved in, in terms of, you know, speaking with your customers about this whole data for good and tackling some of the bigger societal challenges that we face? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm I'm very fortunate in that I get to see cross industry and sort of all the impact that these uh, amazing minds are bringing to the table when it comes to solving some of those big biggest technical challenges. It's it's been interesting. Uh, I think post COP twenty six, which was here in Glasgow, uh, I I think many of the organizations here in the UK are just there's a huge pivot around sustainability and how do we how do we think about data not just to measure progress but also uncover new ways. Um, to be more sustainable organizations. I think lots of organizations globally are starting to write these types of commitments into their financial reports, into their shareholder and consumer commitments. And so there will be more and more, um, I, I think, pressure across the system as organizations really start to think about how do we reduce our carbon footprint? How do we, you know, create less waste? How do we think about all of these things that we need to do in order to make the world, uh, you know, available in the future for future generations? And data is at the heart of that. You have to sort of understand what are you currently consuming and then, uh, you know, iterate against processes on how to improve that. Yeah. It's interesting. I was having a conversation with one of the senior partners from one of the big four that work in that kind of sustainability slash energy place. And they're saying, you know, that the constant demand from, from their clients and the end user organizations now is, um, is all around how can we get data on this to allow us to understand a, where we are, be, what we need to do to get to where we want to get to. So obviously there's Absolutely. a big push, which is which is really good. I guess really hard to answer question, I know, but are there any kind of main challenges or examples that you've got that you think that we can combat or how data can help us to start to move the needle? Yeah, it's so interesting. I, I have to admit, so so being a you know a technology organization, I, again, I'm super fortunate to see what other organizations are sort of doing as we think about um, sort of combating that. I think it goes beyond just sustainability, really, if I think about it. Um, so, so while Microsoft, again, our mission is to empower every person in the organization on the planet to achieve more, we are just a, a conduit to sort of put the technology in to the hands of those with the big ideas. And I think the big ideas are just, they're, they're coming so fast these days I, and they're just continuing to evolve. I think one of my favorite examples was um, one of the AI business, Microsoft AI businesses of last year was OceanMind. So originally they set out to sort of solve for sustainable fishing. So leveraging data and really understanding uh, where were the fishing ships, how much, you know, how, how much were they fishing? Could they track sort of that capability? And could we ensure that we were creating a sustainable fishing ecosystem. But they also then un uncovered things like human trafficking by making sure that they could track wow. some of these ships. And so if you think about the original intent was not to solve human trafficking, it was to solve sustainable fishing, but the impact they've now had on society by having their arms around that data and sort of being able to track that data and start to draw inferences from that data has actually led to multiple benefits for society. Um, I had an opportunity several months ago to, um, to to stand with the team who had worked with Heathrow Airport around um, the Project Seeker, which was an AI project built with Heathrow Airport on how do we think about illegal wildlife trafficking. And it was really interesting um, uh, to have that conversation and really really hear about 
it does it's not just illegal wildlife tracking trafficking but these are also often associated with other criminal sort of endeavors that are going on and and being carried out by the same people so you solve for one sort of niche problem leveraging data and then the impact the societal impact that just exponentially comes out of solving for that problem uh, just continues to amaze me to see some of these examples that's really interesting it's something that i've not even kind of thought of right you kind of think of when you talk about sustainability you think of the real obvious things they like energy right and how we reduce like you talked about carbon footprint before and that, that's a an obvious one but yeah you never think about actually throughout the process of trying to solve some of those wider problems you, you uncover some some pretty uh, horrible truths that you can help as well which is uh which is is really interesting so i guess to to, to finish off then robin because i'm conscious of, of time obviously we've come a long way in the last 10 years especially um and that kind of pace seems to be accelerating more and more by by the day what what do you think kind of comes next over the the next few years for the the kind of data and analytics industry as a whole yeah i i i think again similar to what we talked about it, it, we need to open up our our sort of uh, ecosystem and environment we need to bring in this new talent those are the people that are going to bring the imagination and the creativity and the new perspectives uh, and and so as i think about over the next decade and really the the power that data can can sort of help as we think about things like societal impact uh, government impact uh, capability of organizations to meet um, demand and needs of consumers and citizens I, I i just think uh that there is no limit to to our opportunities and so let's make sure that we're o opening up the environment we're bringing in new talent we're bringing in those fresh creative ideas that we're um you know sort of em em empowering organizations to really think about how, how do they take data to the next level across all of the, the, the problems that they're sort of facing. Um, and, and together, I think, uh, yeah, the possibilities are, are just phenomenal. I can't wait to see. Um, well, look, Robin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate your very busy. So taking 45 minutes out of your day is very much appreciated. Um, how can people reach you if they're interested in kind of picking your brain on any of this stuff? Because I know the topics that we've spoken about today are kind of very dear to many people's hearts, especially in our industry and the, you know, the, the people that will be listening. So how can they get hold of you if they want to kind of pick your brains on this stuff? Yeah, uh, LinkedIn is probably the best way to reach me. I try to I try to check a couple of times a day, so uh, that that's probably the the easiest way to actually get a response. So feel free to to ping me on LinkedIn with any questions. And and Kyle, thank you again so much for the opportunity. It was a wonderful conversation and, and great to 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 have this discussion with you. No problem at all. The pleasure is all ours. So Robin, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we'll look forward to speaking to you again soon. That's it for this episode of Driven by Data, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics. Until then, please follow Orbition Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share, like, and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these two. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests, then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week.